So there is a lot of things that you could create when it comes to rejection. So it becomes more of positive and it becomes more of a learning lessons in your business of what can I do to improve better on my business and become even the person to go to when it comes to that business. Namaste and welcome. I'm Vettina Blumenthal and you're listening to the Soul Compass Podcast. I'm here to help you find your inner calm and deepen your self-discovery journey. Take this moment and focus on yourself. For your mental health, your ability to find ease in your everyday life, and your emotional well-being. It is so important that you nourish yourself not only physically, but also emotionally and mentally. Here at Soul Compass, you'll learn practical tips from experts who will leave you with a sharper focus and a renewed commitment to yourself. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Soul Compass podcast. Today, we'll be focusing on using rejection as a lesson. Our guest today is one powerhouse of a human, not even just of a woman. She is one powerhouse of a human, and I can't wait to share her story and more about her in this episode. Rejection has always been a bit of a struggle for me, or the fear of rejection, I guess you could say, my entire life, from being a little girl on the playground and really wanting to be accepted by my peers and doing anything I could to fit in, to be accepted. And I really lost myself. And this carried on into my adulthood. And it wasn't until the last few years that I've been able to really look at this and heal it and know that it's safe to actually just fully be me. And this really translated into a lot of areas of my life, from my business to going out networking to my creative projects and wanting clients to accept my designs and even more intensely into my romantic life. My fear of being completely myself and being rejected for it resulted in a lot of avoidance in relationships. And especially when I look back on my past of dating and and my partners that I was attracting into my life, it was safer when that person was more into me than I was into them. But... I'm sure you could guess it doesn't really work (laughs) in that case. And the people that maybe I would be interested in most, I would never put myself out there because I was so afraid to be rejected and so afraid to not be accepted by them because my worth, my value was dependent on that. And the last few years, I've been working on this so much especially with my therapist and doing a lot of the healing work around the wound, around what had happened. And I hope that this episode 
inspires you that you are whole, you are worthy, and your value isn't dependent on anything outside of yourself. And rejection, as it says in the title, is a big teacher. It can be used as a lesson. Before we dive in, if you're new to the podcast, welcome to the tribe. Uh, We'll usually check in at this point before we get started. And if you are have been part of the community for the last little bit, you know the drill. If you're driving, just sitting up a little bit taller in your seat, elongating the spine if you're at your chair, uncrossing your legs and grounding the soles of your feet onto the ground. And if you happen to be sitting on the ground, finding a comfortable seat, and if you're walking, You can do this as well, just being more mindful and conscious as you walk. If it's safe to do so, you'll close your eyes for a moment, tuning in. Just checking in to see where you're at today, emotionally. Was there something said today by someone outside of you that brought up some emotion, some reaction. Whether that was maybe being criticized or maybe something as simple as saying hello and a smile from a stranger. And as you do the check-in, just noting that you're being the observer. You're just the observer. You're not here to judge anything that came up. Noticing where you're at energetically. Are you feeling depleted? Do you feel energized? Or is there an excessive amount of energy, maybe a little anxiety, stress? Again, wherever you're at, is all good. And tuning in to your body. Is there a body part that's speaking to you? Maybe breathing into that area. We'll take three deep breaths together, inhaling for the count of two. One, two, pause. Exhaling for the count of four, three, two, one. Two more rounds. Inhale in through the nose for two. One, two, pause. Exhaling for four, three, two, one. Last round, inhale for two. Pause. Exhale for four, three, two, one. Coming back to your natural rhythm of breath, can you relax the muscles in your face, 
forehead, your jaw, relaxing the shoulders and drawing them away from your ears softly. Is there any other tension that you can release that you're holding on to in the body? If your eyes were closed, gently opening them up. And we'll dive into this week's episode. I'd like you to ask yourself, how have I added value to someone's life today? Whether it be a friend, a colleague, or a client, have you provided them with something that cost you absolutely nothing, but provided value to their life in some way? Well, this, my friend, is a very noble goal. To feel like you have information to share and you can be of service to others, you first have to look inwards and assess what are your strengths. Can you be of service to others in a meaningful way? Honestly, no matter what your skill set, there is always someone that you can help in some way. There is always a way to make someone else's day a little brighter. My guest today, Tahani Aborane, lives and breathes this ethos. From the moment she was born, Tahani had to overcome such adversity. She was born in a refugee camp in the Middle East, was arranged to be married at just 15, and was forced to move to Canada as a result. Then after 22 years of marriage, Tahani found herself dealing with a divorce and had two young kids to take care of. I know what you're probably thinking. This is a lot. But instead of wallowing in self-pity and negative thoughts, Tahani learned how to hustle her butt off and has built an empire on real estate investing. She focuses on helping females achieve financial freedom and the importance of education and educating yourself to ensure that you are never reliant on anyone other than yourself. Tahani is the brains behind the Females in Real Estate, or FIRE, conference, and runs her business, Tahani International. Tahani and I met a couple years ago now, and it was her story that really inspired me, and I knew that you would benefit from from learning more about her and her story, and all the wisdom she has. So some topics that we cover are, all women are capable of achieving anything, surrounding yourself with the right people and creating your community, always working from a place of adding value, looking through life with a lens of love, confidence, and it's only coming through practice, being authentic and real with people when you don't know something That's a hard one. And treating your rejections as lessons. So without further ado, we'll dive into this week's episode. Well, I was getting so excited leading up to this call because you are just one special soul. Tani, when I met you, your energy was just so grounding you were just so humble, you were so curious, and 
it made me so much more interested to get to know you a little more. Tani, I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey and then we can dive a little bit deeper into experiences and all the wisdom you have to share with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so grateful as well. And I'm very, very excited to share the next hour with you and your listeners. It all started where I was born. <laughs> I was born in a refugee camp in Jordan, Amman. And as a young girl, that was my world in there. Like I didn't know anything else and there was no Facebook, there was no Google, there was nothing else. But that, you know, street where I had my neighbors live on and and, and my school. And that's all I knew. And I was a 15-year-old girl one day coming from a normal, you know, school day to my home. Whereas I was closer to the door and closer to my home, I heard there's music and there's commotion. And then once I walked in, I'm like, I wonder what's happening here in my mind, thinking, you know, is there a party in the house? I wonder my mom is up to, to find out that it was actually, they were celebrating my marriage. And yeah, they, that's where they said to honey, you just got married. So you can only imagine as a 15 year old young girl, like it was a huge shift. Like I didn't know how to digest that in use and, and what to think and, and what to say. And, and for a long, long time, I kept quiet, like not even talking or even saying anything because almost like I felt like I could not express my feeling or I could not express what was on the inside of me. And I remember begging my dad of not to let me go, but my dad I have always instilled the belief in me that I can do whatever I want. Like Tahani, I believe in you and you can do anything and everything you want. That was the best thing that my dad ever did for me. Because years later, when I come to Canada and when I went through a divorce after 22 years, not knowing what to do and not knowing how to even, you know, think about how can I afford to provide for my two kids? Because at the time I had my daughter and my son, how can I provide for them? What can I do? And how do I do all of that stuff? And I was a realtor at that time. And as a real estate agent, or we should say self-employed person, you know, if you're not working, you are not making money, like period. And at that time, there was so much, like that same year, I went through the divorce. I have a 57-year-old brother who passed away, and my mom had gone through a huge big health issue. And I was so much under so much pressure, not knowing what to do at that time. But I was at the mindset of like, my dad's voice came back to me that, honey, you can do whatever you want. And that's when the focus became so narrow and so sharp that I have to do whatever it takes to provide for the kids and of course for myself. And that's what started the whole journey there. Wow. And I could imagine, well, only imagine how difficult that would be to leave with your kids. And it sounds like in that process, you might have not known financially where you would be. or And that often is a fear of so many people and especially entrepreneurs. 100% speaking of fears. But before I even talk about fears, I wanted to say that for me, I've always had the thoughts of like, oh, this is just only 
my culture or you know where I grew up where the woman could not really provide for herself because she's so dependent on the man that's what I thought and that was a good you know how they say innocence sometimes is the best you know um, blessing and I thought oh the Canadian woman here they're able to provide for themselves and that's when I was set out to say you know what I can do this too which is a, the greatest blessing ever greatest blessing ever and that's when I started you know like of course realizing that that was not a cultural thing we women no matter whether you're in North America Asia Middle East Africa it doesn't matter where you're at most women still have a lot of fears and a lot of you know beliefs that we think that we are not capable of as much or bigger dreams as we could really achieve and, and and you know it's not just only you know my culture or my you know where I was born so it was a huge huge realization for me to realize that that we are all most of the women even here in Canada are like that oh absolutely and I laugh as you you say that because when I was a teenager, my father had said to me, you know, Vitina, you're going to need a really rich man to maintain the lifestyle that you want. He listens to this podcast, but I think, and maybe he'll actually confirm with me now that I'm saying this out loud, I think it was his way of lighting a fire under my butt. So I would start like from that day forward, I'm like, I'm going to do this on my own and I'm going to make sure that I financially am okay independently. It's interesting that you bring this up and I know that helping women gain financial independence is your dharma. It's your mission in life based on your story, based on your experiences. It was a calling that the universe was saying that, Tahani, you cannot look away from this (laughs) almost. Is there a particular trend that you find that women struggle with money more than men? Yes, and I want to answer that, but I just wanted to touch on a point that most women, I'd say that, or most entrepreneurs are taught, you're going to go out there and find, you know, your mission. But I just feel that for me, you just have to go on with life and your mission will also find you as you are doing things. I'm not saying, you know, sit back and do nothing and then ask, you know, God, please find me my mission or help me find, no, or, or I need money, pour some money. No, I say go out there and do things, but as you're doing it, then all of a sudden it it just appears wherever that is that you are supposed to do. And for me, it's not like I said, or I set myself to say, I'm going to make millions or I'm going to be this real estate gurus or this real estate developer builder that's not what i even thought about what i thought about it was as simple as i gotta go out and do whatever it takes to make enough money so that i can have a roof on top of my head and then some food on the table for me and my two kids that's all you know like sometimes we overwhelm ourselves with such a huge bigness you know when we think about our our goals but and and i want you to dream big even to the ladies that are thinking here there is nothing wrong with dreaming big but i just always say you know go back again and then go step at a time where are you right now and then and then where you want to get and then it's almost like an evolution or a process that one goes through so don't be so hard on yourself if you are listening and you're thinking i'm not where i'm at right now you're exactly where you need to be right now and you need to explore further within you 
what you need to do to get to the next level. And I truly believe it has nothing to do with a lot of the hows, you know, how to do this and how to do that and, you know, becoming uh, an expert at that, but more so about the mindset because that's where it all started working for me. It was all when I started changing and shifting what was on the inside that by product, the outside started shifting. Oh, well, you just have so many pieces and nuggets of wisdom, Dahani, already. And I love that you said simplifying. And I know because... As a female entrepreneur, I love to overcomplicate my life. I have overcomplicated my life so much that I've reached a point where I'm trying to get back to simplicity once again. And once your fight or flight, you know, is settled and for you in your in your circumstance was making sure that your kids had a roof over their head and you and food on the table that's what you were setting out to do and it's those simple things that once they're kind of equalized and we start moving up and we're able to think about other things I feel like that's almost when we start complicating our life too much 100%. And I also think that there is a lot of wisdom within us that we need to tap into that inner voice or the inner gut feeling and all of those things that we need to tap into more because we are almost programmed to right now. Anyways, this is what I feel like the world is right now. We are programmed or whenever I go to places like it's always, you need this in order for you to be that. And you need this in order for you to be that. And then all of a sudden, because we are entrepreneurs, I will love to learn and we want this and we want this and we want that. And we just complicate things. Then I say, when it all started for me, I knew that I did not have any money, any money. And my ex-husband made sure that I don't even get any of his money because he wanted me to show other women that are in the same, you know, family that, you know what? They don't want to show them that I am powerful so that other women don't do the same. But I did not care because if we get caught in our problems and we get caught in like, I'm going to show him and I want his money and I'm going to fight him. That's negative energy. I thought, what can I, I, as Tahani, concentrate on and focus on so I can make a change while things unfold on the other side? Because I didn't want to just only focus on the negative and the fighting and the, oh, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get him to do that. I'm going to make him pay for that. No, 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 no. And now when I look at the marketing world, <laughs> I was doing things again intuitively without me even realizing is that. At the time, I was a real estate agent, and when I got out and I started asking my clients and, and people that I know if they want to buy or sell, I genuinely said, I will do whatever it takes to get your house sold as long as you know that this is going to make a difference in my life and my kids' life because I really need to do this because I need to provide my kids. And what I didn't know at the time is that I was connecting the job with the emotional or like the back and story and people connected with that. And that's when people go, oh my gosh, she's got drive. She is willing to do what, and that's what they want. They want somebody that works for the sale of the house. And, and that's when I became unstoppable. And that's when people, you know, started like hiring me more and more and more and at the time, I was just um, a real estate agent that sells houses, like, you know, people's homes. And then I stumbled upon a developer builder that I kept 
coming back to him and I kept saying, I kept telling him that I see my name, I see my face on this development and I know this is meant to be for me because I know I can do a good job for you. And the builder kept telling me, but Tahani, my wife is selling this development. Yeah, George, but I know I can make you and your wife lots of money. This is, my name is on the side. Finally, when he kept seeing me bring an offer after another offer after another offer, he gave me that development. It was a small development, and I was able to sell like almost 52 houses for him in about three and a half months. Wow. Yeah, I became so focused. That's again the power of focus. You have to become so focused. You have to become almost relentless. Another thing, too, that I wanted to say is that a lot of people, when you have no money, they almost start going to areas. Like I need to go this big and I need to do this. No, 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 no. All you need to do is just think about getting your head above the water, you know? Right. Like I don't have any money. Okay, now I need to breathe. So I need to make some money. Once you start breathing and you have a little bit of saving, okay, now what do I need to do? But most people jump sometimes very, very high. And that's, I believe that's not, you know, how you do it, right? Oh, that's a really interesting way of doing because I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, they do it because they want to achieve financial abundance. And I noticed even on your website, you had something at the bottom. I think it was a freebie that said the reason why you're not wealthy is because you're chasing money. Mm-hmm. 100%. I became a millionaire, multimillionaire, not because I wanted to become a millionaire, a multimillionaire. I became that because I was sincerely wanted, first of all, to provide for my family. And I wanted to also help my clients. And the more people you provide value for, it's almost like a snowball, you know, it just keeps on going, going, and then eventually you get bigger anyways. But what most entrepreneurs listening to this podcast or out there, you know, think is that I want to change the world. Well, that's good. And I wish you all the best. And I want to champion you and I want to lift you up as well. But, you know, how about we start with your own world? I was at an event, a mastermind event a few years ago. And it just dawned on me that there is all these women who say that they were very, very successful. But when we truly opened up, and when we truly start discussing the money issues, they were all in debt. And I'm like, how do you go and help others and you go and you volunteer and you go and you do all these things when you're still not, you know, the mask, you have to put the mask on yourself first. You have to put the mask on yourself first and you have to know that you come with solid foundation first you build your foundation and then you can go out and give more and when you give you give at a bigger even level you know i really really appreciate you saying that and you know especially in my world of wellness yoga mindfulness i think that is one of the hardest things to sit with because you know it's supposed to be this selfless world and you can't help other people when you are without building maybe some resentment or whatever that is under that's boiling underneath because you're not helping yourself and I laugh because my I mean my background's in design luckily everyone needs a designer these days but for the yoga community especially in the mindfulness community it's now becoming almost like the new starving artist and I really hope that the women who are in yoga, mindfulness, in a wellness space, really take that in and soak that up. I know it's really hard for me to sit with that, 
And it's really hard for me to say no when people ask me to do favors or give my time, but I'm still early on in my entrepreneurial life. And time is, if not more important than energy for me at this time. Time is something that you can't buy back. You cannot buy back time. And I know, look, I had no money. There was so many nights where my mom would go to restaurants and get the bread crumbs for us to dip in tea to eat. So I speak from a place of like, I know I didn't have it, you know? And I know also the importance of having some of that. So even for those that are thinking, you know, I'm spiritual or I don't need the money. Well, you know what? You do need it because you do need to live and you need to eat. You know, you need to also find like shelter and food. You need that. Everybody needs that. Now, if you can have shelter and food and you don't want to do more, then that's fine. But I also will encourage each and every woman that's listening to this is also to think that what if, something could happen, you know, then are you going to be okay and sustain, like, you know, something solid and can you provide for yourself if you need to, and you are off. I just was sharing with you even this year, 2019, I've never ever had any health issue and something happened that I had a health issue. And then I also had my daughter had a back health issue. And then I took also about six weeks to travel. So all in all, it was almost six months with no work, but it did not dent my financial situation, not even a little bit because, you know, I've got a good foundation that the money is still coming even when I am not working. And that is what I am passionate about is empowering women to really build that solid foundation while you're young and strong, while you can make money. And if you want to be like, you know, a free spirited entrepreneur, then that's fine. But when you're 65, you've got something that you can count on and you don't have to be homeless or God forbid, you know, anything like that. Tani, I'm getting chills as you speak and I can tell you're so passionate about this. And that is something that scares me personally because a lot of the way I've set up my business is that it's an exchange of my energy or my time. And so now in my 30s, I'm starting to think, okay, if one day I want to have a family and as a woman, I most likely will be the one to take time off with the child, how is my business going to make money? And now I'm starting to think of these things and I, and I know I've gotten these concerns from other females writing in just saying, you know, one of my biggest fears is a health concern. What if a parent gets sick and you have to be caregiver? There's so many things that can get in the way of your business, especially like we don't have the leave of absence or what, what I forget what it's called in more of the corporate world, but we don't get paid for being off. And I'm curious to know how you would suggest someone in their 30s or 40s or wherever they are in their life to really start building a solid foundation to build for their future. That is incredible. And that's exactly what I'm passionate about. This is exactly what like, I want to bring awareness to the woman that there is a possibility and then there is a way. But I also want to women to understand that if they want to get into the real estate investing world, they would need to get, if you don't have any money, you need to get to that level where like, okay, now my head is above the water. And then once you're head above the water, then you start saving some of that money. And what I call that is 
delayed gratification. And that is, we all have money to go buy a drink for $5 or, you know, buy a lot of clothes or buy a car. But what I want, you know, the young women, especially the young women to realize is that what if I can delay that gratification and take some of that money, just like the wealthy, and then put it into an asset where that asset will put more money into your pocket. We've got so much to talk about and I wanna and I wanna share a lot with these ladies, but it just a thought that yesterday as I was sitting and I get these emails all the time and and this lady and I'm gonna even like tell you what this lady said is like she is so grateful and she just sent me this Tahani, oh my goodness, it's it's been a long time, but I wanna give you an update. Right now I'm cash flowing. 1,400 from one property because that property was negative cash flow. And I, I showed her a few little things. Right now she makes 1,400 every month from that one property. And then she said, I also bought another property and I'm making another 2,000 from it. Oh, so now she's goodness. getting 3,500, whether she works or not work every month to her pocket. You see that? Not only she's getting the cash flow, also the house is appreciating. So she is also building equity and she is also helping people that cannot buy houses. So there's a lot of greatness and there's a lot of things around what I do that I want to share with women and especially women. I also wanted to say that in the marketing world, people would think I'm absolutely crazy. You know how they say in the marketing world, if you are helping, like say, single mothers, then you stay helping single mothers because that's what I, all of my life, I've been getting men that would come to me. Men would say, Tahani, I want you to help me. Can you look up my finances? I, I, I always almost see it as a puzzle. And I say, we need to solve this. We need to work on that. We need to figure out this. And that's how I see it. I see it as like, you know, a puzzle. And I, I can change few things and it would make a huge difference. Just like this lady, you know, has. And always men come to me, nine out of 10 or 90 out of 100. For me to take a full turn, you know, and go and say, I'm going to go help women is a huge risk. But that is a risk that I can take because I am foundationally very solid. And, and that's something I don't even see it as a risk. I see it as truly a mission and truly something that I'm meant to do. Because when I look back at my life, I say I was meant to be born in a refugee camp. I was meant to struggle with everything and then to understand and all of those lessons and to help so many women in order for me to come back to my sisters and help them all or to my daughters. I always think of it as a family. So you're like a daughter to me. And then also the, you know, the older women are like sisters and I'm, I'm meant to come back and give all of that that I've learned and I understand to help others with it, to help others do the same. As you were talking, one, your story of overcoming adversity is super inspiring. And, you know, this is what inspires people to give them perspective on their life, especially if you were born in Canada and, you know, you grew up in a middle class family. We have our stuff to complain about. But then hearing your story, it really gives you perspective on on life. And if you put your mind to something how far you can come. Because as a young girl, I couldn't even imagine if you thought this is the way your life would end up. Never, never. If you would have seen me before, it's like, oh my gosh, like it's day and night, you know? 
here's the thing. I don't want the listeners or the ladies to think, oh, but I wasn't born in a refugee camp and all of that. No, because actually it's a blessing that you're born here and take what you've got and even go further than I could. You know, that's what I want them to think. I want to change the whole industry to inspire more women to take what I've got and then even go further with it. So I want women to be able to say, you know, when I go and sit on panels downtown Toronto with builders and developers, they're all men. And there's the odd few women, but those are like their husbands or their, you know, fathers that sit, you know, has helped them, which is okay, nothing wrong. But I also want other women like me who um, don't have a husband or don't have a father that can take them there, that they too to believe that they can be sitting on those chairs and can do this. And when they can build high rise buildings, which what I'm right now working on, that's a project that I'm working on. So when I look back, I say, what are some of the reasons that women play small? Like, you know, why do we play small? You know, we could blame our culture, we could blame our everything, but I truly believe there is things that we can change within us that we don't have to blame anything else and make it in this world. And one of them is really, it's lack of knowledge. Like women play small because they don't know they can do these things. Like you or maybe some of these listeners right now thinking, oh, real estate. Oh, passive income. And this, you know, they're not thinking about these things, right? So it's lack of knowledge. They don't know how to get to the next level. Or it could be even business. How do I grow my business? Or how is there someone else that's done what I want to do and has done it in a big way that I can go and talk to, you know? And, and female, I'm not talking about other male, you know, role models, female role models lack of knowledge and that takes me also to the second one and that is the money so i could probably hear but yeah tahani i don't have money to start investing in real estate so how can i get the 1400 every month or the 2000 every month and i'm going to say to them that that is just an excuse because i also started it with no money i did not have any money and i had also two kids money is a value like if you think about money think of it as a value exchange you know and the more you add value the more money you give just remember me when i didn't have any money i went to the people and i said i truly you know i'll do whatever i can in exchange so to sell their house for you know for them to pay me and imagine this too as a realtor we actually had to not only get the listing, go after the job. So if you're an entrepreneur, you know, go get clients. So not only I got the clients, but I also took on the risk of working for, you know, a while and also spending advertising, not only my time, open houses and doing all these things, but also spending on advertising. So I was dishing up my own money before even the house is sold. And not until the house is sold and the people moved in that I got really paid. To attract more financial abundance, you also have to be giving your customers, the people in your life, more value, is what I'm understanding. Yes, yes. But I'm not saying also to work for free because right. those are two different things. Because when I work for a client, we sign a contract. Like, look, if you want to work with me, I'm willing to give you my all, but when it's the deal is done, then you're going to pay me. So there is also a contract that 
what I'm offering and this is what I'm promising and then you pay me after. So that's very, very important because we could even spend lots of time talking about how women give so much for nothing, which is absolutely also wrong. I don't believe that that is right. But I do believe that everybody starting out should be able to offer some sort of something, you know, so that like if I don't know you and you are not still well known in your own business, you need to sort of like prove to me that you are good and then prove to by maybe say to honey, if I provide one, two, three for you, are you willing to pay me at the end of me providing this? So so there is the give and take, right? You can be working for nothing, but at the same time, you have to be able to willing to, to, to add lots of value in order for you to get paid for it. For people who are struggling with their self-worth and how much to charge, how do you give someone advice? What I charge right now is totally different than what I was charging when I got started, right? And I see this a lot right now sometimes like you know there is a marketer you talk to them and then they want to charge you what a real big expert would charge and i'm like looking at them and i'm thinking would you rather especially when they're still starving and they still need to put their head above water right would you not rather make some money versus like no money at all it's almost like it becomes more of an ego like if you don't pay me ten thousand dollars then i'm not going to work for you Well, you know what, at the beginning, you need to be able to build your business. So let's say that you charge $1,000 per whatever job that you want to do. I would say to you, I'm willing to do it for you for 50% off. But if you promise me that you are going to give me two more referrals. So that's like even making more money, but it's not really money because you need to build your business, right? That's what I want them to think about. Think about long term versus Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it unless you give me 1000 And if you don't, bye-bye. No, you're still getting something for your knowledge. You are getting paid, but you are also building your business because you are getting at least two more um, referrals or you can set it up with whatever. Or if they have, for example, a good network, I'm willing to do this for you for $500 And I would love if you could maybe do like, say, a podcast episode with you or maybe uh, give a shout out, you know, for me and my business. That's worth a lot of money. That's worth a lot more than $500. Absolutely. And I get chills with a lot of your advice, Tani. It's awesome that you said that. You know, I think in my generation, millennials, we can tend to have an overinflated ego that's not everyone. I'm gonna, there's a disclaimer there. But a lot of us, yeah, we do. And that example of, you know, not taking a job because it's not paying you 10,000, you know, it's getting in the way of your actual abundance. Because when you're not even practicing what you love, because you feel like you deserve 10,000 versus 1,000, you're being a disservice to yourself and also to the people who, you know, need you the most, depending on what you do. So I really appreciate that. And I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch, but I, I need to hear number three. Number three really is about our inner beliefs and programming, you know, like, which is, we touched a little bit about it. It's really about confidence. And, and people always say, Tahani, how did you become so confident, you know, with your area of expertise, which is real estate investing, you know, and then make leveraging money, leveraging 
the entrepreneurs money entrepreneurs i've got doctors lawyers all kinds of women that go out and do what they love to do and then they take some of that money and they leverage it through real estate and 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 it's all about confidence and confidence only comes from really doing something over and over and over again like i feel like people tell you you have to go out there and be confident and I'm like, but how am I going to be confident if I don't, I'm not even confident. And I would say just being authentic and being real. And I would come to you and I say to any of my clients, Hey, George, or Hey, you know, Mary, look, I not sure that I know all the answers for this, but I just want you to know that I will do my best to find out answers. Just be authentic. People love that and people see through that. And then once you solve that problem, then your confidence goes up a little bit and then you go and solve another problem and then more and more and more and then that's how you become really confident and you become really an expert at what you do it's it just you know going out there and doing it it's so true and like you said we did start diving in a little bit in going inwards and getting clearer on what's going on inside of us and often we are rarely unconscious of you know, our behaviors because we're operating from a subconscious place. And confidence is a big one that I think a lot of us struggle with, especially when, you know, you're relying on clients and you're relying on people to, you know, book you or use you to do whatever your skill is. And when you get shut down and there's rejection, you know, you have to be your best cheerleader. Yes. If anybody wants to be rejected or learn rejection is just go in sales. That's all I can say, you know, because you learn what rejection is and how you see it is very, very important. And I don't see rejection as a negative. I see it as, okay, so if you are rejected, if I don't want to work with you, you have to dig a little bit deeper. What was it that made you decide not to work with me? Was it that I couldn't provide the service that you want? Was it my fees? Was it the timeline? That's why I say being very authentic with people and then really talk to them so real so that if something doesn't happen or something goes wrong, you're able to ask these questions so that you become a better businesswoman. And I go, oh, it's because of my fees. Oh, okay, the fees. So what would have you know, make sense for you. If my fees were not a thousand dollars, then what would it make sense? And then they go maybe 500. Okay. If it was 500, are you able to do this for me? Again, going back to, you know, making it instead of a negative, making it a positive, right? So there is a lot of things that you could create when it comes to rejection. So it becomes more of positive and it becomes more of a learning lessons in your business of what can I do to improve better on my business and become even the person to, to go to when it comes to that business. So it's about improvement. That's how I look at it. I look at it as lessons. Rejections are lessons. Boom. Again, mind blown, Donnie. <laughs> it's a beautiful perspective. And I know that your authentic self is really creating a positive vibration in the world. And, you know, you spoke about authenticity and being honest when you don't know something. And so many of us have too much pride to admit that we don't know something. So maybe we say the wrong thing or whatever that outcome is. But it is true. Like a lot of people, they say, were you not intimidated going into rooms full of men as a, as a woman? And sometimes I'm the only woman. And I'm like, 
No, because it's how I saw it. You know, it's always about you. Remember that. It's what you can control is you. You cannot control anything outside of you. And I saw it as something, oh my gosh, this is so unique. I've got all of these guys. I'm the only woman versus, oh my gosh, I'm the only woman. So instead of shrinking, it was more of like an expansion. And also, and instead of seeing men as these like, you know, vicious, like, you know, business minded and this, no, I saw them as my brothers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me a little more about you. Tell me a little more about your, you know, family. And because even men, just think of them, they were little boys at one point, you know, and they're all have their own struggles, have their own challenges and don't see them as, you know, like uh, as against you, but with you, you know, or it's always about perspective. That's how I look at it. It's always what you see. And then, you know, seeing the good instead of seeing the bad, right? In everything. Yeah, it's it's looking through a lens of love. <laughs> it's looking through the lens of love and, and the lens of the good instead of just only the bad. Yes, exactly. I know our brain has this tendency to always want to focus on the negative and it's a constant practice to, to really focus on the positive and the good in situations. And yes, it's always about just adding value. That's what I want the ladies to, you know, think. I wanted to share also something too that I was just thinking when I told you I want to start helping women. And I thought to myself, I am willing to do an event for women. And even if one woman shows up, then I will still do it. Even if it's costing me money, I'm okay with it. Because remember that, you know, that's for the group that thinking, where do you start, right? Where do you start? And especially like, you know, if you don't have money and you're insisting on making a lot of money. And I thought to myself, where do I start? And I thought to myself, I can only help one woman. And I was never, ever, ever, ever be thinking about just only the money part. I'm thinking even if I pay for it, just like if you've got your first client, even if you pay for it, it's still a learning lesson, you know? I said, I'm going to do a conference. And if you women show up, I'm fine. I was hoping for 20, 25. Well, you know, long and behold, it ended up being a hundred women and more women start showing up at the door. And that was the first conference for um, the first of its kind in North America that is only specifically for women, females in real estate, just a conference for women to learn about real estate investing and increasing and leveraging their wealth with real estate. And, um, well, this year, not only we're doubling, it looks like we're close to tripling, if not even quadrupling that number. Again, you know, sometimes all you have to do is give from the heart and then you never know what comes back at you, but and provide, provide, provide value and then see what happens. Yeah. Your expectations were beyond exceeded. Even the podcast, if I may say so, even the podcast, I did a podcast and I'm so challenged with technical stuff. Like I can only turn on and off computers. That's it, you know? But I still, it was, it was a learning lesson for me to do the podcast. And I was hoping to be one of the top 100 in real estate. And real estate investing is a subcategory of real estate. And it's a subcategory of business. Well, the Fire for Season Fire podcast made the top three in all business categories. Tahani, you're just such an inspiration. And I know you do all of this from such a heart-centered place. Where can people find you and more about the FIRE Conference? Oh, thank you. The FIRE Conference, just go to www.females with an S, 
inrealestate.com, femalesinrealestate.com, and it will give, you know, um, it will have a lot of information there. And the podcast, if they just want to learn, again, if they don't have money and they can't, you know, spend $200 to come to the FIRE conference, they can just learn for free with the podcast, right? So the FIRE podcast is up there. And also I have a Facebook group. It's by invite only. They can as well be part of that Facebook group because I, I share a lot of videos and information that they don't have to pay for. Wow. Tani, you're just adding so much value into the world. And this is something for entrepreneurs, creatives, people who are running their business to really take note of. And, you know, Tani also does attract a lot of abundance. So there is that intersection of what you love, how you're providing value and creating a business and that intersection of where they all meet. Uh, Tahani, do you have any closing words, one piece of advice that you would recommend to the people that are listening today? Yes, it's exactly what we started with, which is my dad instilled in me that you are capable of doing anything and achieving anything. Absolutely all women are capable of that. No matter where you're at on this journey, you just have to believe that and and you just go out there and do a little bit at a time and you will get there. Absolutely. Surrounding yourself is very, very important also with the right people and creating a community. And that's what we're doing here as well. Yes. Tahani, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. That's it for this week's episode. Remember, to stay inspired in between our episodes, you can head on over to Instagram and follow us at Your Soul Compass and at Wonderful Soul. For free meditations and mindfulness guides, you can head over to WonderfulSoul.com. And please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player so you never miss an episode. And please, 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 If this content delighted you, leave us a note telling us on iTunes. I read every one of these personally, and your feedback really helps me grow the show and produce the type of content you find valuable. Thank you, you beautiful soul, for dedicating time to your self-discovery journey. Not only are you contributing to your own mental and emotional well-being, but you are contributing to a healthier, more harmonious world and raising the consciousness of our planet. You are amazing and beautiful, just as you are. Thank you for being part of our journey, and thank you for letting us become part of yours.